Hi, everyone. Well, this week I'm essentially just sharing something that I've been um, thinking and reading about lately, and it's on the subject of generosity. And I think that it's something that uh, we should be very uh, conscious of and we should uh, act out as we are very, very blessed in Western society. Sometimes um, we acknowledge that, but I don't think we really comprehend how blessed we are, the extent of the blessing. And so we should be much more mindful of giving and giving generously and with uh, a cheerful heart. So that's what I wanted to talk about today. So um, the first thing I really like um, kick off this small devotion discussion off with is that um, scarcity, this scarcity mindset is dangerous. And sometimes um, it's very prevalent in Western society, as paradoxical as it may seem. Um, it's this notion that maybe there isn't enough or I just need to take matters into my own hands. And we, we saw this, like the epitome of this with the panic buying that was going on in March and I think June as well, in Victoria anyway, where people like, oh, we don't know how long this um, virus is going to be around for. I need toilet paper. I need like three ply. I need like all this type of stuff people were panic buying essentially like they're like um oh there's not going to be enough scarcity this that don't worry about anyone else it's about me first like i need to make sure that my needs are uh, adhered to before i look to my neighbor and uh, it's a dangerous mindset and when we're deceived into this mindset of scarcity we can actually justify the impulse to take care of ourselves before we look to the needs of those around us. Um, so something that I've learned that's really beneficial is when you're trying to get um, a good idea of how to enact um, something that's beneficial to those around us, look to Jesus. It's pretty helpful. So when we look at him, uh, we see that his mindset was unique. His mindset was not fixated on the lack but rather the plenty, and that, um, that mindset allowed him to be able to share and allow him to live this sacrificial life that we see in the life of Jesus. He invites us, Jesus invites us to subscribe to a different narrative, one that's in contrast to that of the world that screams that there isn't enough and, and that you should adhere to your own needs before you look to those around Jesus invites us to see the world the same way that he does, as an expression of God's generous and creative love. In the person of Jesus, God gives the ultimate gift to a world that is trapped in this mindset of scarcity. And we know that for God to love the world that he gave, he gave. When you believe there's enough, when you change your mindset from being so fixated on the lack in your life, you start to see opportunities for generosity. So when you stop worrying about how minds will be adhered to, and when you start understanding that you can indeed bless others with the abundance that's actually in your life, that's how you begin to delve into the world of, of caring for the needs of others and being generous with what you've been so blessed with. Um, how many times I've sought to cover my own interests and ensure that there was plenty for my own agenda, you know, just in case, just in case something happened. Got to make sure that, you know, there's reserves and there's stock of this and the whatever. Uh, 
making sure that my needs come first rather than having a generous heart and I've been blessed with father. We are so abundantly blessed, well beyond what we could ever truly comprehend. That's something that um, uh, that really struck me as I was just planning for today. That we are so blessed, and I don't think we fully grasp the extent to which uh, we are blessed with all things around us, even the environment we're in, um, beyond the material, like the the nuclear family that is often taken for granted. Um, and we see in circumstances where there are family breakdowns or um, where there's hardship within the country, it's very difficult for everyone involved. And we're so blessed in Western society that, um, not to say that doesn't exist at all, but um, we see it to a much, much reduced extent. So I want to read um, from Second Corinthians, which is a really, really great book from Paul that he's writing letters to the Corinthian church where he is really um, trying to motivate or in these two chapters chapters eight and nine we'll see him motivate the Corinthian church to give and to give generously and we'll see how he describes the Macedonian church or the churches of Macedonia who give out of their own um, love and of their own accord not out of compulsion or anything of the sort so I'm just going to read a small section of it and um, it's Paul who's writing to the Corinthian church, uh, to encourage them with the news of the generous attitudes of those in the churches of Macedonia. So just a little bit of context, Paul has initiated what's essentially like an offering for the churches in, or for the Christians in Jerusalem who are currently going through a bit of hardship. So let's read from verse one. We want you to know brothers about the grace of God that has been given among the churches of Macedonia. For in a severe test of affliction, their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. Just really quickly, how paradoxical is that? They're, they're, uh, for in a test of severe affliction, their abundance of joy and their extreme poverty have overflowed in a wealth of generosity on their part. Let's continue. For they gave according to their means, as I can testify, and beyond their means of their own accord, begging us earnestly for the favour of taking part in the relief of the saints. And this, not as we expected, but they gave themselves first to the Lord and then by the will of God to us. Wow, that's, that's, that's crazy. So generous were the churches of Macedonia that they were begging to give more to the offering for those in Jerusalem, despite, as Paul writes, their extreme poverty. Um, so when I was looking and researching for today, I just wanted to quickly Google, like, what's the definition of generous? And I had a, had a bunch of different... Um, the Merriam-Webster and the Oxford Dictionary, all these things, they all, they all said basically the same thing, that um, generosity or being generous is showing the readiness to give more than could be necessary or expected. Now, the Greek word translated generous in what we see in 2 Corinthians 8 and 9 places an emphasis on the heart and attitude of the giver. So it's slightly different. Paul is talking about a different form of generosity a form so different from the normal meaning of the English word that the word generous can be a little bit misleading. Um, so the Greek word, I'm not going to try and say it and butcher it, but it essentially means simple goodness, simple goodness, which gives itself without reserve or without strings attached or without any hidden agendas. Selfless, in a sense. Paul is instructing the Corinthian church and setting the benchmark for Christian giving in that it should be sincere, and it should be done in love. 
So I also wanted to read parts of the following chapter in 2 Corinthians 9, and we'll just read from verse 4 quite briefly. Um, oh, so basically Paul's talking to the Corinthian church and he's saying, have your offering ready to go, So, because we're going to come by and we're going to collect it. So from verse 4, otherwise, um, if some Macedonians come with me and find that you are not ready, we would be humiliated to say nothing of you for being so confident. So I thought it necessary to urge the brothers to go on ahead to you and arrange in advance for the gift you have promised, so that it may, so that it may, so that it may be ready as a willing gift, not as an exaction. Okay. So from verse sixteen, the point is this: whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Okay, cool. So Paul is describing some of the wrong attitudes in giving, in that giving out of obligation or giving reluctantly or, or holding back is essentially devoid of the essence of generosity. But what Paul does say about the heart of the truly generous, he says that they give willingly, they give cheerfully of their own accord, bountifully. Paul is really saying that when we give, out of the goodness of our heart and to bless those around us. That is where we are generous. It's not, he, he's not saying those of you who gave 5,000 shekels or $50,000, you guys, that's where it's at. Anything but 49, no, that's not generous. He's saying it's about the heart. Okay, I just want to finish off briefly before I pose some of the discussion questions with something that I've only come to fully appreciate in recent times. So it's this notion that does God need my money? Okay, interesting question. Is he is God looking for like a house deposit or he wants to buy a new? I don't know. Like no, he's not. Of course he's not. Of course God doesn't need my money. When we give, we're actually acknowledging God's abundance and blessing in our lives. Even necessarily mean materially. I mean in literally everything that we do. His very breath. Sustains us. Um, so tithing, tithing is is also a form of a part of a very big part of giving, and it's a spiritual discipline where we acknowledge God's blessing in our own lives and extend that to others. All that we all that we have belongs not to us but to God, and when we give, we acknowledge that truth. I just want to finish with this before I get into some of the questions. Um, we love because he loved, and we in turn should give because of Christ, the perfect gift that God gave. Awesome. So have a look, let's have a look at some of the questions that I've prepared. So the first one was, uh, are you currently living with this worldly scarcity mindset that is limiting your ability to be generous? Remember, as we said at the start, Christ, he didn't have this mindset. He didn't even consider it. He was so focused on, on giving and sharing with others that, that his heart was, was essentially with them. He wasn't concerned about himself or how his needs would be satisfied. Rather, he turned to, to his right and to his left and made sure those around him were blessed and, and he was giving freely of his time and his ability and spending time with those around him. My second question was, uh, or is, how can you best give and serve those around you for what you've been blessed with? Particularly in this COVID climate, 
I know it can be a little bit hard to um, you know, envision ourselves with others or serving others now that we're kind of all apart, but there's still plenty of ways. And I want us potentially to brainstorm some of the ways that we can give and serve others even though we're currently apart. And my third and final question is, um, how can we learn to give generously and cheerfully irrespective of our current circumstances? Much like the churches of Macedonia, how did, were they so enthralled and, and willing to give and so generous as Paul describes them, even though they were in poverty? How, how were they like that? How were their hearts so willing to give? And that's my third question. Okay. So thanks for listening to my small devotion and let's have some discussion on uh, how we can best serve others as we're apart or anything else you guys want to have a chat about.